I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life that I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught, find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Aaliyah, and I have today with me Rivka. How are you doing? I'm so good, and I'm so excited to be here talking about conference again. Me too. We're recording on Sunday, which is the best day to do this. Yeah. It just always goes better. So (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, We also have Burke. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. We had a great Sabbath today and we're able to invite a couple of friends over for what we like to, uh, well, <laughs> I'll use podcast specific language for it. It's an impromptu dinner party and the rules of it are you don't plan ahead of time. And so you bring whatever you have available and you have to be okay with our house not being super clean and the food being eh. Um <laughs> <laughs> and like a and just like a hodgepodge of whatever we've all got in our fridges. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Yeah. And it actually turned out as it always does. It turned out fantastic and yeah. there was good food and lingering and chat and uh, so so much happy. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That sounds really fun. Yeah. No expectations, just there for the company, right? Yep. For the people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because if you wait until, you know, the people you want to get together at church where you all plan it ahead of time, you wait for years. And so sometimes it's just like you're at church and you're like, hey, do you want to come over after church? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, That's usually what we do. You don't have like anything in the crock pot or anything, right? Do you have dinner plans already? Yeah. And usually people are like, no, I guess not. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to tell my dad and then maybe... My family can start doing that because that sounds like something they would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it's super yeah. fun. Well, as long as you can, as long as everyone agrees to keep the expectations low, it can be fantastic. <laughs> That's the key <laughs> to this operation. It is. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, today we'll be discussing the ceiling power by Elder D. Todd Christofferson. Um. So let's start with Rivka. What is the fundamental doctrine you highlighted? Oh, let's see. Um, now I'm like so nervous to pick one because I'm like, I hate going first sometimes because I'm like, I'm, gonna pick one. Oh, I'm happy to go first, but then then and then it can be whatever I want. Well, I know. I, what if I just do the one right at the beginning? Okay, the ceiling power. I Burke's like that was mine. Why do I do that? It's every time. Every time. time. It's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. We'll see what happens. Um, Well, okay. This isn't from the beginning, but it's the clearest. The sealing power makes individual salvation and family exaltation universally available to the children of God. I love that. Mm. Do you know what I love about that is when I when I was reading through it again this time, I thought mostly when I we hear this sentence, it doesn't talk about the sealing power. It talks about the atonement of Jesus Christ. 
Right. Right. Like yeah. the atonement of Jesus Christ makes individual salvation and family exaltation universally available to the children of God. So I did spend some time this week thinking about that and, um, you know, the different times in scripture where it talks about the blood of the lamb or um, like when it talks about the sealing, like sealing a mission with the blood um, from martyrs or prophets and stuff. And so I suppose what I thought about this week was how the sealing power is um, just how that relates to the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ and that his sacrifice makes possible this sealing power. Anyway, I just never really thought about those two things in a connection like that before. So, Yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Very similar language used to describe both. Yeah. Yeah, that his atoning sacrifice is the sealing, you know, he put he put that seal on his on his work and his power does this and the sealing power is part of that power that his blood, you know, sealed or I guess our access to it was sealed by his blood. Right. Yeah, and that provide goods uh, pro- wow, provides good <laughs> perspective um for when we are going to the temple and we're doing sealings for ourselves or just um as for proxy and just like that connection kind of ties back helps us um i think it was just recorded i i literally asked the same exact question last time but the talk about um uh witnessing of christ in like the daily things so that kind of perspective would help us do that which is really cool yeah awesome all right burke what did you have for us (laughs) that rick didn't already didn't already take (laughs) so importantly we start off talking about the gathering of Israel and president Russell M. Nelson uh, said that it's the most important thing taking place on earth today. And then Mother Christofferson asks a central question. What is the purpose of this gathering? And he gives two answers. And I like the first answer probably the best, but that's not the central doctrine. So I'm going to skip to the second answer. He says, most importantly, the gathering is for the purpose of bringing the blessings of salvation and exaltation to all who will receive them. Which is pretty much what Rivka always said, already said, just different words. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so how does the gathering do that? What about the gathering gives those blessings to people? Well, because the gathering brings everyone into a place where they can receive not just of the atonement of Jesus Christ, but also of the sealing power that is necessary um, to seal families together and gives us the opportunity for exaltation. I don't know if I said that exactly right, but they're all connected. So Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Um, I think the, well, I'll read, I'll pick this one as my fundamental. At the very end, he says... He's talking about sealing, and he says, it is the highest privilege of your membership in the Church of Jesus Christ. And I think that is super cool. Like, that's pretty strong wording. Like, he could have said one of the highest or just it is a high privilege. 
but you said like it is the highest. So there's nothing else, no privilege that's greater than this, than access to this power. And I, that makes me feel like I don't understand it well enough because I don't know if I feel that way about it yet. And, and if he's telling me that I should, <laughs> then there's more for me to learn there. Right. And so yeah. I thought that was a really cool uh, doctrine of of uh, superlatives. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's keep going uh, with Rivka. So one of the things that um, struck me when we first listened to this talk was um, this part of the talk. He says, um, on, that, on that same occasion in the Kirtland Temple, he's talking about um, visitors that came to uh, the Kirtland Temple to Joseph Smith and his companions. He said, on that same occasion in the Kirtland Temple, there was a third heavenly messenger who appeared to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. I speak of the prophet Elijah, and it is the authority and keys he restored that I want to speak about today. The power to validate all priesthood ordinances and make them binding both on earth and in heaven, the sealing power, is crucial for gathering and preparing a covenant people on both sides of the veil. And that it struck me because it was so... I'm not sure I've ever heard anyone talk about the sealing power in relation to covenants outside of marriage covenant really you know like the mm-hmm. ceiling that we do but it makes sense that that ceiling power is what validates every priesthood ordinance that we enter baptism receiving the holy ghost uh-huh. so i have a question then sure how did those ordinances work before elijah came and restored the ceiling power well, maybe it just was what sealed them on earth and in heaven. You know, I mean, we can have marriages that happen on earth that are then sealed later in a temple. That would be my assumption. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I had this question and um, I actually bounced it off of your dad, Rivka, when oh. we were out there listening to conference, the cabin with them. Um Because it seemed like he's saying, well, you have to have the sealing power in order for these ordinances to take effect. But then Elijah came after um, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery had received the Iraq priesthood and been baptized and received the Melchizedek priest. So there had already been things done. And I think, and again, this is, I I can't quote, you know, doctrine necessarily on this, but I believe what this is saying is each ordinance that's done by the priesthood has a sealing aspect built into it. But what Elijah restored was the sealing together of individuals and f- into families. That's true. But later on in the talk, later on in the talk, he says this, we tend to think of the sealing authority as applying only to certain temple ordinances, but that authority is necessary to make any ordinance valid and binding beyond death. Yeah. So the sealing power confers a seal of legitimacy upon your baptism, for example, so that it is recognized here and in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's um, I think it has something to do with continuing beyond this mortal realm. 
and its validity beyond the mortal realm. No, and I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree yeah. with that. And I, and I think some of the difficulty is here is using the same word for two things that work similarly, <laughs> right? Because when you're sealed together as a family, that lasts on earth and in heaven. So that is mm-hmm. both, you know, it's a sealing together, but also a sealing where an ordinance on earth is also recorded in heaven. But then other ordinances that do not seal people together still are sealed by a power that makes them valid both on earth and in heaven. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but yeah. 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 Anyway, that was a question I had. So perhaps you, the listener had that question as well. Write us an email if I'm wrong. It's an interesting one. When I'm wrong about how I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm expecting lots of emails this week. Excellent. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about the the authority aspect because I was trying to think um, somewhere in, he, in here he quotes Joseph Smith in saying that it's like a bold doctrine that something that's done on earth can, you know, have its effect in heaven as well. Yes. But I've obviously grown up with that. And so it doesn't really seem all that bold to me, like no bolder than like God existing in the first place. I don't know. <laughs> like just because I know the nature of God and like I know his purpose for me that just makes sense in my head so I was trying to think of of like different metaphors and things for this authority because I've grown up where it's always been accessible um and the one one I came up with for for priesthood authority um as far as like happening happening in heaven and here is if you have like a google doc shared with you and you're, you only have permission to view and not to edit. So like you can click on it and you can look at it and you can no. even type, but like no words are going to show up and no, the person who shared it with you isn't going to see the words that you're typing because you don't have permission to edit it. <laughs> and so like you can type all you want, but nothing's going to show up on the other end. <laughs> uh, and so we have, we basically have access to edit um, salvation and we can type and those words will show up in heaven as well. And that goes along with recording, which is part of this ceiling is that if an ordinance isn't recorded correctly, it's not considered to be valid. Like that's that's part of this whole thing as well. So, you know, and I think the bold part of that is, you know, so much about religion in general is we receive commands and edicts from heaven and we do them. And mm-hmm. this is a little bit like, and also there's stuff we do here that causes things to happen in heaven. We don't hear much about right. things working that direction. So yeah, very true. cool. Which of course is what the entirety of temple work is built upon. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Temporal I had... things that echo in the eternities. <laughs> That's true. I had an experience um, several years ago that maybe kind of highlights a, another aspect of this. I was working in a hospital. I was pregnant with my son, Jack. So he's 18. This was 18, 19 years ago. And um, a coworker and I, he was very interested in uh, different religions. Um, his wife at that point, like had decided to become a Wiccan. He had grown up with like a father and a grandfather who were ministers of different um, evangelical churches and stuff. And so we would, we would discuss things because he, he knew I was a member of, of the church. And, 
um, this thing came up because, you know, we hadn't been married very long, Burke and I, and I was pregnant. And um, so we were just kind of talking about, you know, marriage and he was not on his first marriage. And during the conversation, I did, you know, he, he asked about our, how our church feels about that. And so I was explaining the idea of eternal marriage, that we're married for this life and after this life. Um, and that we made it, you know, we made a covenant that was part of what we did. And still, of, instead of till death to us part, it was for time and for like for this life and eternity. And he got this look on his face for a second. And then he just kind of went, wow, that's a real commitment to someone. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, but again, like you, I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'd never thought of it that way because most people I knew... <laughs> All of my family and stuff, you know, were all married in the temple. And I'd grown up hearing about, you know, temple marriages. And that was just, it wasn't like you were saying, it was just totally normal to me. And to see his face and like, it was really the first time I thought about how significant um, a thing that is compared to the way the world views marriage. He was just, yeah, right. it's blown away. He was like, that is a big commitment. Like, how did you have how did you know this was the person you wanted to make that commitment to, you know? And so it was a good question. I mean, it was a good conversation, but I think maybe that's part of the boldness of it too, you know, that at 24 and 26, we were like, yes, this is, this is the thing. And we're just going to do this for the next forever mm -hmm. and figure it out. So it is that, yeah, that's a boldness in that way too. Yeah, and also not just with marriage, like with another human, but also when we're baptized or when we receive our endowment, that's a commitment that we make for eternity with the most powerful being in the everything. <laughs> yeah. And like that's that's a commitment too. We're committing to, you know, follow these certain things and live this certain way um, with the consequence of if we do it, if we're trying, then we get, you know, access to his power. And if we don't, then there's wrath. And it talks a little bit about that at the very beginning of this talk. I think Burke was maybe going to talk about that. But that's a commitment, too. Like, we're making very long-range decisions <laughs> in this, in Christ church, you know? That's just the way he does it, which is really interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Let's move on to Burke. All right. So we jumped over the fir first purpose of the gathering because we got to the more important part. But this is an aspect that made sense to me when I heard it stated, but I don't know if I was ever familiar with the Prophet Joseph Smith having said this. And it says, The Lord identified one purpose as the protection of the covenant people. The gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes will be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole, the whole earth. And he says, wrath in this, context, in this context may be understood as the natural consequences of widespread disobedience to the laws and commandments of God. And I liked that aspect of the gathering because I feel like we are steadily progressing as a world into the wrath portion. Mm -hmm. And I would like more protection. Thank you. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll take that and I'll take this. <laughs> so 
what kind of protection do you think it's talking about? Like a physical or a spiritual or an emotional? I want all the protection. <laughs> I hope it's oh. talking. I hope it's talking about all three. Um, I'm for sure there is some Isaiah to suggest that Zion will exist as a people separate um, that other people don't even want to go up to war with, you know, mm. um, for yeah. their terrible. Um, but also we talk about standing in holy places. Um, as being part of the gathering, so that would be right. spiritual. And I feel like if you can get physical and spiritual together, then you, the emotional is easier to work on. So right, very nice. Okay. Um, one other thing that I liked in this talk is he says this power has always been given, and I feel like the sealing power, as far as like binding on earth and in heaven. And I can only think of a couple places in the scriptures where it's mentioned. One is Nephi, uh, not like I will go and do Nephi, but like end of the Book of Mormon Nephi. And he receives that power. And then um, Peter, I believe, gets those keys as well. And there's probably other references that I'm not aware of. But even if it doesn't say explicitly, if ordinances were happening, theoretically, this power had to have been present. And if God wants us to be making these ordinances, he has to give us that power to do so. And clearly, he does want us to be making these ordinances. And so I just think it's really cool that that God has entrusted his like literal power and authority to so many people over the span of like the, as far as humans have existed, which is a long time. <laughs> He's very uh, giving of of his abilities, which is really cool. Um, Rivka, let's go back to you. Oh, she's been bitten by the mute bug. Oh, man. <laughs> Bad. Okay, he says the highest and holiest manifestation of the sealing power is in the eternal union of a man and a woman in marriage and the linking of humankind through all their generations. And then he has some great stuff to say about that. But the thing I wanted to bring up was um, what he says a couple paragraphs down because that is, um, you know, the idea of, a, of an eternal union between a man and a woman sealed is the ideal that we're reaching for in this life. Um, and he says, why can, why can, sorry, we can see why marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is central to the creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. At the same time, we recognize that this, that in the imperfect present, this is not the reality or even a realistic possibility for some. But we have hope in Christ. While we wait upon the Lord, President M. Russell Ballard reminds us that scriptures and latter-day prophets confirm that everyone who is faithful in keeping gospel covenants will have the opportunity for exaltation. And then I love this that he says, which is also sort of an invitation, so I might be jumping the gun a little here, but he says, um, he says, some have experienced unhappy and unhealthy family circumstances and feel little desire for an eternal family association. Um, and then he quotes Elder Bednar, who said to you who experienced the heartache of a divorce in your family or felt the agony of violated trust, please remember that God's patterns for families uh, begin again with you. 
One link in the chain of your generations may have been broken, but the other righteous links and what remains of the chain are nonetheless eternally important. I loved that reminder um, that if, if, well, because I mean, I think all of us have at some point broken chains or broken links in our chain and the reminder that the righteous links that are still intact and what remains of the chain right now are eternally important and that he will um, make up the difference. And then he says, you can add strength to your chain and perhaps even help to restore the broken links. That work will be accomplished one by one. Um, So I loved that reminder that this sealing power is, is the consummate power and it will, I mean, we're, we're being sealed back to our heavenly father. And so in time and eventually this will like all of our chains will be healed and intact and we'll all be sealed back to our heavenly parents so if we have broken chains or rusty ones or we're the first one and it's a chain of one right now Mm -hmm. you have it those chains whatever they look like are eternally important yeah i have that part too um, my dad's side of the family is a little, it's not quite a linear chain <laughs> like we maybe wish it was. There's a couple gaps in there. And um, I've thought a couple times, like, how is this going to work when, like, we're in heaven? Like, am I going to be sealed to these people? Am I going to see them? Am I going to be with them? And ultimately, I don't fully know all the how all the details are going to work out, but I do know that God has a plan and that um it's one that we don't fully understand and that's okay and i can just make sure that my part of the chain keeps going and that everything will work out yeah um burke any thoughts before we go to invitations no just to go along well yes to go along with what you're already saying <laughs> he quotes president <laughs> nelson um speaking at um sister pat holland's funeral mm-hmm. and i've heard this quote before but he says salvation is an individual matter but exaltation is a family matter no one can be exalted mm-hmm. alone and i with you Aaliyah, don't totally understand how that works um because there's a part right. of my brain that's like but what if i'm the only person in my family that joins the church you know <laughs> who do i get linked to i, I don't know i don't know the answer to that but yeah. Well, and even one of my good friends from my mission, um, one of my companions, she is a convert and none of her family is is very interested in pursuing that route. And so she spent her whole mission teaching about the power of sealed families without ever having experienced that. Mm. Um, and she just got engaged. And I was like, I'm so happy that you you're going to get to feel that for the first time for you even though like she never well she might still but as of now she hasn't experienced that with her personal family unit yeah she'll get to start that for other people and so that was really exciting for for me to hear that (laughs) um okay let's do invitations and promises um the one that i highlighted goes along with something Rivka was just talking about, but he says, I promise that as you faithfully seek that privilege, meaning sealing, uh, like marriage, 
in time or eternity, it will surely be yours. So the, the invitation is to faithfully seek, and the promise is it will happen now or in heaven. Um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons why why this particular privilege might not be readily accessible on earth. And so it's um, good to know that if it's not, if it doesn't happen here, it can happen at some point. So I really like that one. Um, okay, Rivka, what invitations? Well, I'll just reiterate the one that I did about um, the chains. You can add strength to your chain and perhaps even help restore the broken links. And that work will be accomplished one by one. So, you know, work on on your personal link by staying faithful in the gospel and and working to keep your covenants and and then sharing that with your family when when it is appropriate and loving them and staying strong and doing family history work and being involved in temple work. There's a lot of ways that we can nurture and maintain those um, covenant chains. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Burke, any ones that you picked up on? There are no more invitations, Gromit. <laughs> guys have used them all up however i did have one other paragraph i want to read just because it was great and i think there's so many things about the restoration of the gospel that are this way and he's talking about when um this woman he shares experience in argentina who was being sealed to her parents in the temple um well doing a sealing ordinance for her parents um, in the temple and it says there were just six of us present on a quiet afternoon away from the world and yet one of the most important things that ever takes place on the earth was happening and i think about how often that is the way the gospel works in our lives where it might be just mm. you know you or where the ordinances generally speaking are witnessed by a very few people but are so eternally important the most important thing like like when joseph smith and oliver cowdery were baptized or you know when they received right. the priesthood these moments where it's between you and god and it's happening again echoing into the eternities and the rest of the world is going on with with absolutely no knowledge of it i just i love the beauty of that thought so yeah i love that the gospel isn't you know super flashy or like doesn't draw a whole lot of attention a lot of times like if when i'm just reading my scriptures by myself on campus, that's that's a spiritually significant thing that will affect my eternity, but it's not like this crazy thing that everyone is aware of. Yep. That's really cool. Awesome. Well, the next talk we'll be doing is Love Thy Neighbor by Elder Ian S. Ardern of the 70, and I'm very excited about that one. We'll have a special guest, I think, um, is, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Yeah, yes, so yes, look forward to that. Okay, good. <laughs> and um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at words of the prophets podcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram or Facebook at words of the prophets podcast. So until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.